Mike Farrell, Rivals.com, Adam Gorney, that way, that way, uh, Rivals.com as well. And the Gorney and Godfather, no, Godfather and Gorney. I'm still got age on you, so I go first. And I feel yeah. draft. Let's talk about it. You know, it's April. March Madness is over. Uh, the Masters is gone, going on, but everybody's talking NFL draft. So I'm going to ask you a question bluntly. Is Mac Jones a top three pick? Uh, I don't believe so. And he might be the only quarterback in, well, I guess since Joe Burrow, to go to a NFL team with worse receivers than what he would have had in, in college. Sure. Um, to uh, Joe Burrow. So pretty much every number one quarterback. But no, I don't think he's a top three pick. I don't think he has that dynamic ability that everyone wants to see. I think he's going to be a very fine quarterback. But I trade out of that pick and trade down and get picks if that's going to be my pick. You, Mike? So if he's Matt Ryan, is that good enough? Yeah, but if he's Matt Ryan, that's that's pretty good. I And, uh, you know... Is he Matt Ryan? Everybody wants the off-platform Zach Wilson, you know, Patrick Mahomes throws. Everybody wants, you know, Trevor Lawrence is Trevor Lawrence. Um, my printer just started, and I have no idea why. Uh, that's actually freaking me out. So, you know, Justin Fields, dynamic athlete, 4.44. Now he's got a second pro day, so San Francisco can go to that after apparently not being overly impressed with Mac Jones' second pro day. On and on. So you you talk about guys that can make things happen. Russell Wilson, all those guys are dynamic football players. Lamar Jackson. Um, but then there's the Tom Brady's and the Matt Ryan's of the world that don't move a lot, shuffle around the pocket, but have the arm strength, the vision to win a Super Bowl, go to a Super Bowl. So I don't know if he's Matt Ryan, but that would be my comparison. I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate here just because the numbers he put up were in an all SEC schedule. Yes. Um, there were no stat padding. He did it without Jalen Waddle for the most of the season. He had Devonte Smith, of course, you know, Tua. I was against being a top five pick and I still don't think he's going to be very good. Um, but he had, you know, rugs and Judy and Waddle and Devonte Smith. I mean, it's, it's not like he had, an overabundance of weapons. You know, Michi is a good receiver. Devontae Smith's amazing. Waddle was hurt most of the year, and Najee Harris is great out of the backfield. But And Alabama run a lot of Sark offense that wouldn't work in the NFL, like sprinting a receiver one way, then coming back the other, and that's 19 yards of passing yards. And he had two tight ends in the game a lot. And, you know – the NFL is not going to run all that trickery stuff. And the league in many ways is moving to point guards as quarterbacks. Doesn't matter about your height matters about what you can create. And I don't know if Mac Jones is much of a creator, so he's going to have to go to the right fit and he's going to have to, you know, the, the, the obviously the coaching staff is going to have to understand his limitations of athleticism and be willing to just, you know, deal with that. I, I don't know. I feel like, because he's from Alabama, if Mac Jones was at Florida or something, he would not even be in this conversation for number three. But he's getting the Alabama bump in the sense that, hey, he went to Alabama and won a national championship. Maybe we'll take a shot on him. Maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I do think 
Justin Fields is my number two guy behind Trevor Lawrence, but he had a lot of weapons too, you know, and it's not like Ohio state's roster was depleted. Uh, He didn't have the same running back as Alabama, but Trey Sermon obviously did some good things and he's, he's a, a adaptable guy at the backfield when it comes to pass catching and, but they don't say the same things about Justin Fields, which is, oh, he had all these weapons, you know, and, and, you know, Ohio State quarterbacks suck is what they say, which is stupid because everyone's different. Um, but, you know, the, the whole, there's, there's too many weapons. I, I just, I'm not sure what Mac Jones is, you know, if he is Matt Ryan or, or, or Kirk Cousins or somebody like that, I think he's a very, good and serviceable quarterback who could take you to the playoffs. Um, if he's Kirk Cousins, do you waste the number three pick on him? I don't know. I mean, they, they, they went to the playoffs once with Kirk Cousins, right? And got yeah. lucky with the, yeah. the Miracle in Minneapolis or whatever they call it. And, you know, he's serviceable, um, but he's he's not a franchise guy. So, I guess if I'm saying Matt Ryan is a a and he's barely in the top ten quarterback discussion, but he's probably going to be a Hall of Famer. He won the NFL MVP, should have won a Super Bowl. He'll probably play four or five more years, put up crazy numbers, and get in there. Phillip Rivers couldn't move at all. Did great in the league, you know, couldn't take him to the playoffs. So I think there is still room for a a guy with vision. Um, you know, when you look at Mac Jones, he, he wasn't throwing to wide open guys you know who had 10 yards of separation all the time you know they certainly helped them out with their running catchability but is he number three no I mean I'll, I'll agree with you on that I think Fields should be two but they're they're stuck on Zach Wilson and that's the Jets they can do what they want and screw up everything I think the 49ers will be impressed with Fields at his second pro day um, this week and I think they'll take him and then it becomes interesting you know Atlanta probably going to take the best player available and not a quarterback. Although uh, Daniel Jeremiah had had, uh, Trey Lance mocked to them at four. Uh, But I think they're going to jump on a Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or somebody like that. Um, And, you know, they probably need help elsewhere. Uh, Penesua could go to the Bengals or if Chase or Pitts are available, which they will be, uh, they'll take one of those two guys. And then you talk about, okay, where do you, find Mac Jones. Is he going to go eighth? No. Uh, they just traded for Darnold. I think that's an indication that they're not going to take a quarterback at eight and they might trade back. But somebody might trade up. Patriots would be perfect. 15, but the Patriots don't trade up. They trade back. So Denver Broncos, are they going to give up on Drew Locke already? Take a quarterback? Uh, it, it's going to be interesting, you know, because, you know, the Lions got golf. You know, the Eagles are all in on Hurts. There's, there's a lot of teams that are sold on not-so-great quarterbacks or guys that have been average, um, and they're going to pass up Mac Jones and Trey Lance. I think you might see a big slide for one of those two quarterbacks, like really, really deep into the draft. So um, Kyle Pitts is the other discussion. Everybody's talking about him as, you know, a top-five pick. So – can you name the last top 10 tight end pick off the top of your head? And I might be wrong on this, but I think it's Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron? OJ Howard wasn't? 
No, no. Hawkin- like- what about Hawkinson? I don't think Hawkinson was top 10, although the Lions have sucked forever, but I don't think he was top 10. I mean, he might have been eight, so it might have been Hawkinson. But Yeah, but Eric Ebron is funny because in high school he couldn't catch. Well, and also the Lions, you know, took Ebron and they took Hawkinson. You know, yeah. they, they used high draft picks on a tight end, and people say, well, Pitts isn't a tight end. He's a wide receiver, a big wide receiver. But I, I, I just – when, when I'm Atlanta, you know, the defense sucks, always has, always will. I don't know if you – I don't know if there's a positional player that's worth number four on defense unless you take a cornerback like Sertain. Um, but they took A.J. Terrell last year in the first round. So, you know, I guess you have to take a, a, a dynamic – you know, option for Matt Ryan and then just have your defense suck and give up 40 points. Um, and, and what about our boy Micah Parsons? He, that's too high, I think, for him. I don't think lineback- linebackers that go in the top five, they're rare. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I think he's he's talented enough and he would certainly make a big difference on the defense. But I, I think that the running backs and linebackers are a bit devalued in the first round and, and those guys, you know, there's a feeling you can get a good one you know, in the second round. Wide receivers the same way, but I would not take Jamar Chase if I were the Bengals. I would not take Kyle Pitts. I would take Panay Sewell and protect Joe Burrow, but that's not a sexy pick. That's not a exciting pick, and mm-hmm. you know, reuniting Burrow and Chase would be amazing, or giving, you know, Burrow a, a Pitts type of weapon would be great, but he's going to get killed. He's already coming off a huge, massive injury. The offensive line stinks. So the Bengals will be intriguing as to what they do. I think they could trade that pick and still end up with Rashawn Slater if they want to, if they're not in love with Panay Sewell um, and somebody will jump up and take Chase. But man, I thought the Dolphins were for sure going to be the guys to get Chase and it doesn't look that way now. Um, so I, I'm all over the map after the first two picks. I mean, it's, it's 50 guys could go in the first round at least. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting because the pro days, you know, are pro days designed by the schools and the players. So you don't you didn't you didn't get the combine this year where you can really put them through some tests that you'd really want to see these guys and really work on their weaknesses. So I don't I think a lot of these mock drafts as as are every year, and you know this, Mike, after the first pick or two, it's complete chaos and a lot of those guys end up going in the first round, but there are always a lot of surprises. And I think this year more than ever, we're going to see a lot of that just because there are still so many ways. A lot of these teams can go. Um, if I'm the Bengals, I load up on the offensive line. Trade screw things up too. I mean, yeah. It's, trade. The, yeah. It's impossible to know. It's impossible that. to do a mock draft. It just is. Because yeah. You're picking, let's say, okay. You know, let's say you're projecting Kyle Pitts to go to the Atlanta. Falcons and and I do think if Justin Fields slides to four, Atlanta is an option there as well because he's from Georgia and he's a very very good quarterback and um, you know Mac Jones goes third, but you know someone could trade up and they have completely different needs and then your mock draft is all screwed up and you know accuracy in the mock draft is is worthless. I think it's interesting to see team needs like we know obviously I I believe the Bengals need you know offensive line help. I think the Eagles need wide receiver help. I think the Lions need help on defense. Uh, You know, the Cowboys certainly need a cornerback. 
uh, the Giants need an edge rusher, blah, blah, blah. But even that, teams end up going away from what they want for the best player available at times. So the draft is exciting. It's fun. These pro days are interesting. I've never seen more sub four fours, but overall uh, it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot. And I just can't wait for the combine to come back because without it this year, it's been really difficult to sort of gauge what's real and what's not real. Um, And it's fun to watch that stuff to see like trends in the sport, how people think of each position all those kinds of things. I love the combine. Well, and you get to see guys against each other too. I mean, not one-on-ones yeah. and stuff like that, but you get to see, okay, here's Rashawn Slater and here's Vinay Sewell, you know, mm-hmm. um, right after him. And I know they probably go alphabetical or more so than anything, but, you know, you get to see them back to back and see how they move and compare. But in, in, instead you're, you know, hearing about or watching video of Vinay Sewell doing his drills up to Oregon and, Rashawn Slater doing his in, at Northwestern, and you just don't get that feel for the competition, um, and you don't get to see them next to each other. I mean, the scouts certainly can remember what Slater looks like, and then two weeks later, you know, three weeks later, uh, go to Oregon and and obviously compare him to Sewell, but you don't get to see them side by side. Your your measurements aren't all taken at the same time. It's just and the competitive nature of the combine is also extremely important. Yeah. I think. Yeah it pushes guys for that extra two reps on the bench or, you know, extra two inches uh, jumping. But um, what is your favorite NFL team? Do you have one? Well, I grew up a New York Giants fan because I was a big Joe Morris and Carl Banks and Lawrence Taylor fan, Mark Bavaro. But then as I've gotten older, I've watched more Eagles. All so. Right. so they're sixth. I mean, wait, I don't even remember. The, 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 the trades have been so, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I wanted to say this about pro days though. I love quarterback pro days because when you follow it on social media, it's Zach Wilson kills it at the pro day. Mac Jones kills it at the pro day, <laughs> Trey Lance. And then their best throw is a righty quarterback running left, not looking back, right. Throwing it 60 yards to a wide open receiver. If they try that one time in an NFL game, that will be interception city and some defensive end will knock their lights out. So yeah. I, I really don't like pro days all that much. Your Eagles are sitting at 12 after that San Fran pick. So uh, that's right. The Dolphins traded back to 12, then back up to six. So they still could get Jamar Chase. I've always pictured him in a Dolphins uniform. I don't know why, even when yeah. they're out, it just seemed like a natural fit, but the Eagles at 12, they need wide receiver help. I don't know if Devontae Smith will be there. Um, after that, there's, you know, Jalen Waddell, I mean, a little bit of a drop off after those three, but um, you know, the Eagles de- are desperately needing some targets for, for Jalen hurts and the pro days pro days are, you know, the narrative of the pro day is all who is writing. it. I mean, it's all routes on air and um, you could be wowed by it. Like, you know, Mac Jones first pro day, everybody was impressed with, right. Yeah. And second pro day, they weren't impressed because he overthrew some guys and he was working on different things that he could show. But we had also seen by then Zach Wilson's pro day, which as you mentioned, you know, the cross body throw, blah, blah, blah. And then you compare Mac Jones pro day to Justin Fields, which was the same day. And it's kind of night and day because Fields can make those throws on the run downfield and kind of wow you. Um, yeah. So the whole thing is, is interesting, you know, depending on, who's talking about what I thought Zach Wilson's pro day was average. 
Um, I thought Trevor Lawrence's pro day was average. And they I were, think uh, Trevor Lawrence thought Trevor Lawrence's pro yeah, day was average. Yeah, and he knows it was. I mean, he, he the red zone stuff that he missed, and he knows. He, he's smart, you know. Um, he wasn't, you know, hanging his head or anything like that. But, you know, everybody shows that last pass he made, which is a <laughs> wow across your body downfield pass. But I, I thought his was average. Um, I think. All right, let me put you on the spot. Go ahead. Do Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence work out in the NFL together? I think Trevor Lawrence works out in the NFL with the Jaguars, but I think it's going to take another coach to come in there. Um, you know, I think there's going to be a couple rough lean years in Jacksonville. I think Urban's going to have um, some sort of ailment crop up. Can Yeah, can he succeed if he doesn't grind 18 hours sleeping on the couch? Or, or if he doesn't win. You know, or if right. there's any controversy, which, you know, there's less obviously in the pros than there is uh, in, in in college. But you just don't know. He's a wild card. Um, you know, is he there? I mean, it's going to take five, six years for the for the Jaguars to be a potential Super Bowl contender, is my guess. Um, is he there for five or six years? Um, yeah. I think Trevor Lawrence will be successful. And I think the Jaguars will build around him properly. And I think he's a multiple Super Bowl guy if they do that properly. Um, yeah, they have some skill there. It's not like it's a completely – it's not like a Cincinnati situation where Burrow came in to very little. They, they, they do. I mean, they've got they got a rookie running back. They've got average receivers. I mean, they, they need to upgrade in that area. Defensively, they've got some talented guys who can run around like uh, Miles Jack and um, – Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen. Uh, it's just there's pieces missing. You know, yeah, they're yeah, going to have yeah. to be smart with the draft and they're going to have to, you know. Um, but I, I also think he's going to attract people in free agency. Jaguars are probably 32 out of 32 when it comes to fan base, uh, market excitement. Yeah. But I think that's going to change because before Tom Brady, I think New England was pretty low. And it's not like, you know, he had an influx of guys coming in free agency. Obviously, Randy Moss helped, but I, I just think he'll draw more more attention from free agents because it's Trevor Lawrence. But I don't I don't know if Urban's the guy. Um, I just don't see him there for the long haul. So what I can see is who was the coach before Greg Popovich? Spurs? Uh, Ru- um, PJ Carlissimo. Was it? Rudy Tomjanovich. <laughs> he, he, he was Houston. <laughs> Some guy, right? I forget what his name is. And he had the team, right? And yeah. one year away from, you know, definitely breaking through. It was clear. And But he might not have been the coach or Popovich, I think, was the GM at the time. And he decided to take over the team himself and blah, blah, blah. And you just knew that they were going to get to the next level with the right coach. And I think that's where Jaguars get to. And then urban retires after three years, and then they get a good coach in there who could take them to the next level. That's my guess. So I don't know why I said PJ Carlissimo, cause he never was the head coach there. Well, either uh, was Tom Janovich, was he? No, but that just, that name just popped in my head too. It was Bob Hill. Yeah. Poor Bob Hill. Okay. <laughs> right. He had the slick back gray hair. Yeah. Very like businessman looking guy. Right. And he had the nucleus of a team that was clear it was going to break through and win a ton. Just like, uh, what's his face, Collins at Chicago. 
if you know, you've known Trevor for years. We've known him since probably late middle school, I would imagine. Yeah. Is he going to invite you down to the hot tubs to watch a game in the upper deck in Jacksonville? Because they have the tubs, don't they? They do have the tubs. I don't belong in the tubs. Uh, I would be tubs in the tubs. That's would be my nickname. <laughs> I was going to say that. I fully don't expect Trevor <laughs> to invite me to anything. The fact that he's following me on Twitter is like a nice enough. Yeah, yeah. I hope I'm on mute so he doesn't have to listen to my stupid stuff. But no, he's the nicest kid in the world again. But hey, listen, I I don't know what to tell you about this Deshaun Jack, uh, De- Deshaun Watson thing. I don't know what's going on. I don't have any inside information whatsoever. It's stunning to me. Um, Travis Rudolph. Yeah. Uh, you know, arrested on murder charges. Never in a billion years would you think that guys like this would turn um, so I could never see it in a million years because Trevor's the nicest. But I, I had to say that when I say Trevor's the nicest kid in the world because so was Deshaun Watson and so was Travis Rudolph. So yeah. things things change quickly. But no, I won't be in the tubs. Okay. Um, first of all, it's not very. It, it doesn't sound very safe, COVID-wise. Yes. Right. Definitely not. You'd be taking a, a massive risk there. Yeah. Right? It'd be like a bunch of fat Floridians in the hot tub. You know, it'd be like COVID stew. And I don't, yeah, it just I, seems very germy. Yeah. I don't want that. Plus, I, I don't I don't even like checking the mail. So I'm not going to Jacksonville for a football game. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> now, maybe if you can get me tickets for a Patriots game or something like that, and it's really warm. And they send a car, maybe. So, see if the Patriots were smart, <clears throat> they could massage this situation. See what I did there with the Robert Kraft joke? Oh, that's good. It, they should put hot tubs in their stadium because the best thing ever is going in a hot tub when it's snowing. It's, it's the best. Yeah, but then I mean, listen, the, uh, living in New England, it's not the most attractive group of human beings up here. Right, a lot of a lot of pastiness, and there's a lot of hairy hairiness. There's yeah. a lot of backs that need mowing, and it's it's just it's not pretty. And you know, the fattest, ugliest, hairiest guys would be the ones who have to be in the hot tub. Yeah, plus drinking like Sam Adams in there, spilling it everywhere. And... It's like you know, you those 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 what do they call the penguin plunges or whatever people do? Yes. Do you see skinny people doing that? No, 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 no. Fat people, right? It's the big ones. Yeah. So I don't need that up here in New England at all. Jacksonville, probably bad enough. You know, I, I haven't really seen a whole lot of hotties in there, but not up in New England. So let's segue into the 2021 class. There's a lot of buzz about some people. Mason Smith, their number one player in the country, is eating people at LSU. Yeah, is what I hear, which is, you know, exciting to hear that, you know, you put faith and confidence in this guy as an instant impact guy and uh, and he's living up to it. And I think he could be a starter from day one. Um, But also, you know, I'm hearing a lot about Marvin Harrison at Ohio State. Now, I don't believe Emeka Egbuka is an early enrollee. Um, Obviously, you know, Washington shut down the world for <clears throat> the entire fall. So I don't think he's an early enrollee. And I think he's still going to be better long-term, but Harrison apparently is much bigger and more physical than he ever was in high school. 
and he's a kid that could make us look bad on our our ranking. But I hear a lot of good buzz out of um, out of Louisiana about uh, Mason Smith. I assume you've heard the same. Yeah, and that's going to be something really good to watch. And I'm happy toward the end that we moved him to number one. You remember that high school film where he just, you know, broke through the line, which was just kind of what he did. But then he tracked that guy to the sideline and barreled over him. And that's the thing that I love about him. He's massive, but he's not like he has very little bad weight. He's just a huge, huge physical kid. So I'm excited to hear that. I don't know if they kind of just took the chain off him and let him do what he wanted in spring practice just to kind of gain confidence against, a, you know, a veteran offensive line and just let him go, but he's definitely performing well. He's going to be six, five. He's going to be over 300 pounds when they start in the fall. I, I, I think that's a, that was a very good move by us. Marvin Harrison's interesting because as he was going through high school, you remember he wasn't like the biggest receiver ever. And now he, he ended up listed six, four, I think two Oh three, two Oh seven. That's big. That's, I mean, that's, that's inching on the tight flex tight end type of guy. Yeah. So if he can run, that's going to be uh, an option for them. We'll see if he takes that Julian Fleming spot that was sort of supposed to be for him. I don't, I'm not going to say that he was he's going to take over that spot yet, but um, Egbuka is very much like a jacked up Chris Olave type, get open anywhere, very versatile. So as we've said before, Ohio State is just at a different level in the Big Ten. It really is, I think, maybe other than Clemson, Let's think Clemson. I don't even think Alabama has the separation that Ohio state and Clemson have in their respective conferences. I think, um, I think Clemson is separated more. Yeah. Than Ohio but, state. Ohio state is just so loaded. They are, you know, but there are teams that can give them trouble. And, and yeah, I mean, the, the Clemson has almost lost, they lost a pit and they almost lost NC state and they've had their struggle games. games. Yeah here and there, but, uh, you know, you think of the second best team in the ACC and right now you think, okay, North Carolina, maybe. Yeah. And you think of the second best team in the big 10 and at least you've got Wisconsin over the other side, um, you know, which is a solid program, always pretty successful. I mean, I know Northwest Northwestern won the West, but, um, I think Michigan will be back. I mean, there's, there's sort of, jettisoning some of the kids off their roster um, into the portal because of the new defensive system. Now that Don Brown's gone and I think that will help. And the recruiting uh, strategy is much different now, much more aggressive. So, but yeah, I think Clemson and the rest of the ACC is just such a drop off. It's, it's, it's almost a joke. So on a bad note, uh, anytime you look at our rankings over the years and you see like the last or second to last five-star, Sometimes that's that's me um, being very stubborn. Mm-hmm. So Corey Collier is not the talk of Florida. Jason Marshall Jason is. Marshall, yeah, told us was a five star, and Corey was not. But I insisted. Now Corey got hurt early in spring practice, and he'll be fine. But I think I think that could be uh, a bit of a a misstep. As Sometimes Bob. you have to take a shot, though, Mike. Yeah, but then Terrence Lewis blew out his knee at Maryland, and yeah. I'm just like, come on, you know. So 
it's whatever, but there's always those guys that at the end that I always insist upon and, and some of them work out and some of them don't. How funny would it be if Kellen Mond was drafted in the first round? Oh my God. That's possible. Let's say the top four are our quarterbacks. Let's say Mac Jones goes at 15. You, you know, there's always a team in this, you know, in the, early second round or whatever that needs a quarterback that, you know, reaches on a guy. I mean, Christian Ponder was a first rounder. Um, Why do I just not see it though? Like I just, I don't either, but there are some teams that, that like him a lot and yeah, we all know it's a reach, but if he ends up being a first rounder, I am going to send a very nasty text message to all of you. Um, And I will never let you forget it because what was it yesterday? This again, this this revisionist history where I compared Travis Rudolph to Deshaun Jackson. Yes, I don't recall that. He's there's he's Travis Rudolph was like 6'1, 185. Deshaun Jackson was like 5'11, 165 pounds in high school. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's no way on earth I would ever compare those two ever. When it comes to five star rankings, though, I'm using the motto that my father in law lives by. Do you want to hear it? Uh, sure. It doesn't seem like you want to. I don't, but go ahead. You'd rather make a mistake by doing something than not doing something. Oh, I don't believe that. Which means like, which means like if I, if I was on the fence about Corey Collier and I don't know what to do, I'd rather make him a five-star and let him prove me right than have him prove me wrong. Because then you're, you regret those decisions even more. I I get that. And this is your father-in-law. Yes. Very wise man. Okay, so let's say your snowblower is caught, right? Well, you don't have a snowblower because you're in California, but you lived in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Snowblower is caught. You got a choice, right? You can go inside and you can get the, you know, broomstick or whatever. It comes with something now, but I always lose it, so it doesn't matter. Or you just pop your hand right in there. This is an incredible story. It's a good analogy, right? Yeah. I think you think you pop your hand in there. You got another that, hand. That would be say. So we would call him Stumpy. <laughs> yeah. Or well, that, in that sense, when it comes to snowblowers, that that motto doesn't apply. But when it comes to rankings, it definitely does. Well, I'll be very curious to see which guys you stand on the table for. And of course, as you know, through you, I'm going to be extremely involved in my opinion. Um, yeah. But. Those two guys aren't off to a great start. And then last year, you know, Marshawn Lloyd, Freeman stood on the table for him. And I was like, okay, well, well, you know, that's a lot of running backs, but okay. And he blows out his knee in the first game. It's just like, sometimes you just got to listen to people. And I'm not a great listener. So let's also not count our chickens before they even get to the field yet, though. I know, I know. And listen, way to go here. A torn ACL is not a great start. Obviously, Corey Collier is a minor injury. They held him out for for, um, you know, precautionary reasons. Yeah. But it's always weird. I can always after our final ranking, I can always look at a final ranking and see who we screwed up on. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's weird. It's like this weird mental game you play. It's like, as you're going through it, you know, you're like, we know we should move this guy and then we don't. Right. And then afterwards you're like, you know, like a great example of that would be, you know, Grant Delpit didn't finish his career that well, but um, 
he had a great college career and ended up being, I think, a second or third rounder. But he was one that I was like, okay, we should have. Uh, C.D. Lamb was definitely one. And, and oh god, yeah. And then last year, Keishon Booty. I mean, what he had three hundred thirty yards against Ole Miss or something like that. So. Yeah, but they did score like eighty-two points. Too. I know, but just you just see that, and you're like, mm. so you know, rankings are are very very interesting, and there are some guys that are making an impact early. There's some guys that are arriving this summer that I think Donovan Edwards is another one at Michigan. I mean, they need a running back now. Will they yeah. stick with him if he wins the job, or will they do this four running back thing that that sends Jack Charbon, Zach Charbonneau back to the West Coast, or? You know, what will they do there? But um, he's also getting a lot of attention early. And, um, you know, it's it's still early in spring ball for some, and some are done. It's just the, the schedule is all over the map. But um, I did hear Xavier Worthy is going to stay at Michigan. There was talk of him trying to get out of his letter and go to Texas, but I heard he's going to stay there. So, um, but, yeah, so, so beyond that, what was the third topic we were going to talk about? Um. Because I want to wrap this up. 2022 rankings? Nah, no, that's boring. No. NFL draft? No, nah, we did that. Yeah. I guess nothing. Masters pick? <sighs> Is uh, Jose Marie Olathabo playing? No idea. That's no. not a pick. Uh, I'll take uh, Tiger Woods in it. Oh, my gosh. He just got in a car accident. I'll take Justin Thomas. That's a good pick. And that's who I was going to take too. So we're both in on Justin Thomas. Yeah, Tiger Woods, you heard about it maybe driving 75 miles an hour? Yeah, they don't know if he was conscious or not when he went over the cliff. Said it was road rage. Accelerated. I can imagine he was late to an event. He was leaving a very nice hotel to go to a very nice golf course. And I know that road where he was, it's uphill and very windy. So... If you're not used to driving in Ranchos Palos Verdes estates. I hear you, man. Well, let's wrap this up. No TV talk. Adam Gorney at Twitter, uh, at Rivals Mike at Twitter, at Rivals Godfather uh, on Instagram, at Adam Gorney on Instagram. Yep. All right. And that's enough because I got to go. All right. I'll talk to you at the two o'clock call. Sounds good. Look forward to it. See you, bud.